Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Physique Development Podcast. Today's episode is our structured Q&A, more rapid fire. This is where we basically take your questions, quickly answer them with the need to knows on the topic based off our education and experience working with clients. So as always, it's going to be our goal not only to supply you, the listener, with valuable insights on topics or questions, but also just to plant some seeds for further research and thought. So without further ado, we're going to get right into today's Q&A, no housekeeping or anything. And we're going to start here with Alex for numero uno. All right. Our first question is pertaining to, to macro timing or, or meal timing within their meal structure. So within this question is going to be dependent on what your goals are. So for individuals who are in the later stages of, of contest prep or something of that nature, meal timing is going to be extremely important comparatively to the individual who is, um, uh, a mom who is taking their kids from soccer practice to school and all those different aspects, meal timing is not going to be as important for her. But one component in which we are going to make a priority is to split up protein feedings. So let's say just to keep math as as simple as possible, maybe we have 160 grams um, of protein per day it would be fantastic to split that into four meals um, as we want to maximize muscle protein synthesis. So um, you'd get 40 grams per sitting, which is a decent bit of, of protein per sitting. If it digests well for you, that would be great. And that maximizes our ability to recover. It maximizes our ability to build muscle tissue um, and, and those different components. So protein is going to be the most important thing that is going to be within your meal structure. Um, but depending on what your goals are, the meal timing as a, as a whole can be very important or it cannot be as much of a priority. Thanks, Sam, for asking that. Yes, thanks, Sam. Can supplements make or break your gains or your nutrition? That is the question. Supplements, uh, it's in terms of breaking this down, uh, very simplistically, supplements in the cliche of supplements are a supplement to your diet. And I don't think they make or break. I think what makes or breaks your diet is your diet itself. Um, and your gains themselves play right into the meal timing thing that Alex just went over, which is going to come down to protein intake, meal timing, things like that, making sure that you're getting in a lot of stuff, the needs of your nutrition and where supplements come into play are going to be those extracurriculars uh, where do we need to fill in the gaps, right? What are you deficient in? Um, are you in need of a supplement, like a whey protein supplement to hit your protein needs? Are you in the need of a magnesium supplement to hit your magnesium needs? Things like that, right? So I, they're not going to be a make or break for you by any means. They can definitely help. Things like creatine can help. Um, things like whey protein can help as far as getting in those protein needs. Uh, things like fish oil to hit your... Uh, needed essential fatty acid intake and stuff like that, but definitely not our make or break. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be bent out of shape if you can't afford them or have access to them. I remember it's kind of like, I always, when I was a little younger, I always, I wanted to be fill your gas tank up all the way rich. And <laughs> it was one of the, like when I was in college, you know, I was like, what's, when's the day where I can do this? Like not even worry about it, man. Just like click it and just let her rip. And same with supplements and food and like, man, I can't wait for the day that I can just afford all the supplements that I need. Um, and so even then, even at that time where I was like in a place where I'm like, I can only get the essentials. It definitely was not a make or break for, for anything as far as gains go. And as far as malnutrition went, so no, they will not make or break 
but they can help. Yes. And a big thing is they can help optimize things as you move forward. Um, but I would not get so caught up in being like, oh, the reason I'm not making progress is I don't have supplements. If you're focusing on your stress, your sleep, your nutrition and training and your water intake, you will be in a really great spot. Um, so the next question here was asked by Leanne and it said, what are some healthy carbs to eat on the go? I need to increase my calories. So I'm struggling with this a little bit right now, as far as not being in a place or being in a place where I'm super busy, but need to get food in. Um, so some great options for some denser carbs that are still going to be quote unquote healthy, um, are going to be things like dates. Dates are a great option. Um, I think like three dates are around 30 or 40 carbs, and they have a little bit of fiber in them, but they're basically straight carbs. Dried fruit is another great one. I personally love dried mango. With dried fruit, I would say to go organic because those are normally going to be the ones that don't have added sugar to it. And I just prefer if I am getting dried fruit that I'm not adding extra sugar. It's not the end of the world. If you add extra sugar, that's more of a personal preference. Um, so uh, dates, um, dried fruit. Uh, cereal is a great one for on the go and just being able to grab and go as well as just fruit in general, not always dried fruit, but any fruit, especially bananas are the super easy to grab and go because they come in their own little packaging. So you're good to um, take them. Um, some other ones that are going to be just really easy to eat are going to be ready rice. Um, those are going to be grab and grow grab and go rice cakes. Um, and they do have ones that are whole wheat like the Lundergan Farms, I think I believe is the brand. Um, but then Quaker has great ones, of course, chocolate rice cakes are my jam. Um, but those are the ones I have off the top of my head, unless these two want to add anything on. That was pretty solid, honestly. Yeah, I think that was that was sufficient for uh, the question. Um, so the next question is vegetables that reduce bloating. Um, so the the simplistic answer to this is the diet, the vegetables that digest best for you, um, which you're going to have to kind of figure out for yourself, but ones that are going to be harder to, di to digest. And, and Sue can confirm this for me is the is cruci crucifer or cruciferous cruciferous. There we go. <laughs> crucifer. Um, those are going to be <laughs> more, more difficult, um, vegetables to digest. But what I would encourage you to do is to try different vegetables and keep a log in your phone of how you feel. I, this is what we do with our clients at Physique Development is um, we want to have as, as colorful of a diet as we possibly can, but there are certainly going to be uh, more fiber-rich vegetables or things that just do not sit well with, with individuals uh, specifically. So keeping a log of ones that you enjoy as well as uh, ones that digest well for you specifically. Yeah. And when you are eating more vegetables, you might be getting more fiber in. When you have more fiber, you do need to have an adequate amount of water for that fiber to be beneficial. So if you're experiencing bloating, um, you can, of course, have different issues than not having enough vegetables in your diet. But if you're having enough vegetables, having a, a good amount of water in there to help with the fiber, and then making sure you're having a balance of your sodium to potassium. So I would highly suggest having something like spinach to help within any type of um, if you're feeling more like swollen than bloated um, and then some other great options like uh, ginger and pineapple. I know those aren't vegetables, but those are great options to help within inflammation within the gut and digestion as a whole. Yeah. And what about um, I've had some luck watching out for some like high FODMAP foods mm -hmm. um, and we can kind of I mean, do you guys have any experience with that? Because I mean, I have some clients who who've definitely helped with just being more cautious and aware, right? And I think that's the biggest thing to like take note and, and be cautious and aware of 
the things that upset your stomach, the things that bloat you, uh, maybe inflame your gut a bit more. And these higher FODMAP types of foods, vegetables, things like that, um, can definitely be a major contributor. So uh, it's definitely worth a shot. And it also could be uh, kind of the dosage of the poison, right? Maybe it's not that food in particular, but how much of it you're eating. And like, it's kind of the, the double-edged sword of something like ginger uh, that I've noticed, like, or um, not ginger, garlic. garlic, garlic. Yeah. Cause it's like garlic can sort of settle your stomach in a certain, in, in, a, in a, in a way, but also in the same sense, like if you have too much of it, it's like, oh crap, like that was just way too much. Um, so it's one of those things too, the dosage of, is the poison and kind of, or makes the poison. So yeah, be aware of that. And maybe look into some, some like the FODMAP a little bit, just Google that and see if that there's any culprits on that list for you and maybe do some substitutions to try and address that a little bit better. So next question here, what app work to avoid if I don't want to widen my obliques? This has been a question that I've gotten a lot more um, as of recent, especially as it pertains to physique athletes and stuff like that, um, stepping on stage. And it's a very interesting question. Um, and I know a very like popular thing is to wear like waist trainers and whatever else, especially with more of the influence part of this industry. Um, and there's, there's things we need to consider here with, with core and our, the strength of our abdominals and the ability to manage load on our torso and, and throughout our structure. Right. And I don't think you should inherently avoid movements or avoid strengthening these muscles, but I don't think you should overly try to hypertrophy them, if that makes sense. So, you know, a lot of, you know, a purposeful um, side bends with kettlebells and like a lot of purposeful weighted, um, you know, side flexion exercises, like trunk flexion uh, exercises probably aren't uh, needed in a, in a large way, but also I don't know how much this actually plays, right? You look at, and also your body, your body's going to adapt to the resistance it's getting, right? It's going to adapt to what type of training you're doing. So you see like CrossFit athletes who have more of this blocky midsection, who's very built up within their midsection, right? A lot of barbell complexes, a lot of axial loading, a lot of, uh, a lot of things like that. Whereas bodybuilders typically have a different look because they're loading their body and stressing their body in a different way. So, um, you know, I think if you're inherently doing so like physique based bodybuilding training and you're not, you know, entrenched into the CrossFit world of, of doing CrossFit workouts six days a week, um, I don't know how much it actually matters. Uh, I'd love for you guys to weigh in here because obviously it, it's going to play a little bit and it does matter a little bit, but I don't think it's as big of a deal as, as maybe we've made it in the past or, or people have kind of built it up in the past. Yeah, I would say that a big thing here is the, like he talked about within hypertrophy, there's such a thing as maintenance volume, and then there's such a thing as trying to grow a muscle group. Um, so you don't actively have to grow it while still working your core. You can do those movements. And if you are very, very nervous or scared for your waist growing, um, doing vacuums is a great idea, as well as just not doing as many weighted exercises for abdomen exercises. Um, of course, bracing your core while you're doing those heavy 
heavier lifts, um, but for core specific, maybe not doing weighted exercises. Um, but then of course, genetics and how your structure is, is going to play a role into how your body um, and your waist specifically ends up either storing fat or gaining muscle. Yeah. Yep. Next question here is work makes me train early. What's the best way to fuel this? So there's a few different options here. One is going to be if you want to go in completely fasted in the morning, not having intro workout, not having any food beforehand, but you feel like your training is suffering. One way to go about this is making sure that the meal you have your last meal of the previous day is a little bit larger and treating that as your pre-workout meal. Now you do have to be a little bit careful here because if you are eating super close to bed, then you could wake up honestly feeling a little bit worse um, and having a hard time having the energy to go and do it because you kind of halt your digestion by going to sleep or eating too close to going to bed. And then you wake up and your digestive system's trying to catch up. So still making sure that you have two to three hours before you go to bed for that last meal. If you're having a full, full meal to give it time to digest, but you can have a more carb dense meal. And that's worked for a lot of our clients. The other option, if you still do not want to physically eat before you go and train, but you feel like your training is suffering, is either taking BCAAs or being able to have an intro workout. Now, BCAAs are sometimes demonized. I think that they have a time and place. I'm not going to say BCAAs are complete garbage, but I'm also not going to say BCAAs are the key to you unlocking your dream physique. <laughs> it rests a little bit in the middle and it kind of depends on the situation. Fasted training is a great option to have those in or intro workout. So intro workout doesn't have to be candy. It doesn't have to be food in and of itself. I prefer not to have dirty gym hands and then touching food, personal decision, but you do you. I would say that would be everyone's. I would say so too, but you know, you do you. If you, if you really want to eat food during your training, do it. I also have a very sensitive digestive tract. And I know if I'm trying to physically eat food, I'm having a hard time with performance because I'm trying to digest that as well. So I prefer liquids if I'm going to have an intro workout. Um, so that can be some a product like Carbolin or Mike's Mix, which are both powdered carb products. You can mix into um, a drink and that can be linked in the show notes if you are curious as to what those are. Mike's Mix comes unflavored and you honestly get a hundred servings or something crazy like that. And it la it lasts Alex and I a very long time. So that's a great option, mixing it with something flavorful or whatever you please, going ahead with that, or going the simple route of going with something like a Gatorade. Obviously not a Gatorade Zero because we do want carbs in that drink. So doing a normal Gatorade to get some carbs in there could be a great, great option. Now, if you're like, man, I, I still am not loving the intra carbs. I'm not loving eating at night. Your other option is having a small snack before you go. Great options for that snack are going to be fruit. Not only is it going to be very easy to eat um, and it's not going to be a ton of volume. So if you grab a banana or some berries, something like that, it's going to be pretty easy to digest. It's not going to sit super heavy on your stomach. And after you sleep, your liver is like, give me all the fructose. I need that. Your liver loves fructose, especially after you train and in the morning when you wake up. Um, so being able to have fruit in place is going to be super great. And those are going to be a good amount of carbs um, and, or doing something like rice cakes or cereal, something that is going to be very fast digesting. You don't want something that has a lot of fat or a lot of fiber, especially if you're eating it very close to your workout because you do want that digested. So those are a few different options that you can kind of play around with that 
to figure out what's going to suit you. Maybe it's having some fruit and having some intra. Maybe it's eating a bigger meal and still having intra. It could be a mix of all three of them. Could be one of them, could be none of them. But those would be the three options that I would personally suggest. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, next one. Which cardio is best for not losing muscle after your workout? Okay, so with this question, um, it kind of comes with the assumption that you're going to lose muscle potentially after you train uh, because of the cardio allotment. So in a perfect world, um, we like for our clients and, and including ourselves, if you can split up cardio and training, that's the best case scenario, like getting your cardio done in the morning and then training in the evening or vice versa. Um, that's perfect case scenario. Not many people are able to do that just because of life. Um, but the the other aspect of this is that if you're having a quality pre-workout meal, your training session is not this excessive amount of, of total volume. Um, performing your hit or your list following the um, training session is not going to be causing you to lose muscle tissue. Now, if there was one that I would say is going to potentially cause you to lose the most muscle tissue, I would say a truly well-executed hit um, cardio session post-training um, could be the greatest possibility of losing muscle tissue um, if we were to put them like apples to apples, I suppose. But in my opinion, I don't think that you're going to lose muscle tissue from performing the cardio. Now, it becomes a little bit different. Like I said, if, if you are performing like a two-hour high volume training session, which is not what we would program here <laughs> at Physique Development. But let's say that you're doing that and then you have an hour of lists following maybe you do lose some tissue at that point. That is is quite the extreme circumstance, but I would say that that's the most likely scenario for you to lose muscle tissue. Um, or if you were to try and do like a two-hour hypertrophy session and then go in and try to do HIT, um, like true HIT. I'm not talking about HIT where it's this, I'm sprinting for three minutes and it's like, None of us have ever sprinted for three straight minutes. It's it's not possible to be at maximal output. When we talk about hit, it's talking about max output, maybe twenty seconds tops, um, for that specific bout of of the cardio, then resting, and so on and so forth. So, um, if you guys have anything to add for that, yeah, you did a great job. Sorry, just to expand, you. Um, mm -hmm. you did a great job on that. And again, like it's it's one of those things where again the the dosage makes the poison. So it's a duration thing. Um, what did you, how did you fuel that training session leading into that? Where, how did you, uh, fuel that session throughout with intra or post? And then again, like if you're having a two, three hour volume centric session and then having like a crazy volume, heavy cardio session, whether that's duration or intensity, again, the longer you're starving off that protein feeding, the more you're starving off that recovery portion of that that uh, exercise bout, right? So again, we wanna ramp up intensity during our session, but also when it's over, it's rest and digest time. It's let's get in some nutrients, let's get in some protein, let's calm down the nervous system a bit, let's get into more of that rest and digest state. So again, you're kind of starving that off um, or ch uh, blunting that the, the longer you stay in there and, and just fast and eat away at things. Um, but again, like I'm, your body's a, freaking resilient thing. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about it as long as you're properly feeding yourself, fueling yourself, uh, sleeping, managing your stress uh, throughout, on average throughout the day, I'd say you're, for anything that we would realistically do and anyone listening to this podcast, 
it's going to probably take a lot for you to actually do that. So I wouldn't worry about it. Would I or us, I don't think that's how you say that in English, but Mm -hmm. would we, there we go, would we ever consider veganism? Um, This is a pretty big question. I think, I don't think you're meaning it as a loaded question, but it's a loaded question in in and of itself. So um, depending on like why you're choosing to do it, right? Why you're choosing to to be a vegan or or vegetarian or any iteration of that, um, you know, if it's ethical purposes, I'm all for it. I'm here to nux you and, and whatever else. And I commend your effort and your dedication to doing what I think would be the right thing. Um, I think that's a, kind of a split debate. I think lines get crossed in terms of that whole um, equation a little bit, but definitely how we treat uh, farm-raised, or how we treat uh, kind of like factory farming and all of that, I think is absolutely wrong. And, and there's a big problem with that. Um, but in terms of like doing it just because it's gonna, you know, help you lose fat or something like that it's definitely not the case or you're going to become like insanely more healthy Um, but i think adopting more for me personally like adopting more of like a plant-based centric diet or way of eating or living is honestly like the best case scenario for myself and my personal preference um you know trying to eat sustainably raised farm uh grass-fed beef and and things like that um, for example, and making good decisions and voting with my dollar in that, that regard. Um, but I don't see myself stop eating meat, but I I do see myself being more plant-based and again, fueling my body as I see it needing to be fueled from an evolutionary standpoint. Um, but also just how we operate best in my opinion, um, from a physiological perspective, but again, voting with your dollar, do the right thing on that regard. Um, try to eat grass fed if you can, and just ethically raised, um, protein sources. And again, for myself, just trying to adopt more of a plant-based lifestyle and what kind of what all that entails, um, is probably as far as I go in that direction, but I don't know where you guys stand on that, how far we want to get into the weeds on this topic. (laughs) No, I I agree with you entirely. So yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, it's something that I will say that veganism isn't for everyone in regards to their health as it doesn't suit certain people's health. Um, So that's just something to be aware of. If you are vegan and you're wondering why more people aren't vegan, um, there are people that it just does not work with their health, um, their medications, whatever it may be in that case. Um, But I do think being more ethical in decisions as well as making sure that the food you are eating is treated correctly and just being more plant-based as a whole is a great option to go. Um, So next question is asking about our current fitness goals. So I'll go ahead and go first. Um, My fitness goal right now is to work on building my upper body um, and my glutes a little bit. Alex can weigh in because he does my programming. So he is the one that is really working on my current fitness goals. But as of right now, right this second, my goal is to get my training in and hit my macros. That is the the goal I have for myself because life is a little crazy. And I do want to just make sure that that's a priority. 
Yeah, to touch on Sue, more of what her goals right now are just to break through some mental barriers, if you will, within training and understanding where her strength truly is and and understanding how much load she can actually move per movement, where we've spent a, a great deal of time working on her execution of things and to where now she's at a point where she's got to get past the execution being crystal perfect type situation and really getting back into like training training um so that's the the main thing within sue's <laughs> training that we're we're working on um in terms of my personal goals it is to to not work myself into a situation where i'm not healthy um so in 18 19 18, um, I was in a really bad spot in terms of just like submerging myself far too into into work and being the obsessive individual that I am. Um, and it put me in a place where I was not taking care of myself. The physique development was doing extremely well at the time. Um, but I, I personally, from like a, a health and mental health, physical health perspective, was not. So since then, it has been a huge initiative um, to just take better care of myself as a as a whole. I don't have like competing goals for myself currently, but more so just making sure that my my blood work is is incredible, um, making sure that I'm as productive as I can be while having some parasympathetic activity sometimes, um, relaxing from some from time to time, and just nourishing my body with. Uh, quality foods while uh, getting to train hard because uh, the root of of all of this um, when when Austin and I started everything was because we loved training so much and in that time frame um, when I was not taking good care of myself was uh, a time where I lost that passion and that love for training and and now being in a place where that that passion is is certainly back is quite awesome to be able to say yeah. I, I share a lot with uh, you both in that regard. And um, I, I think for myself too, it's one of those things where I'm in a spot where it's trying to get my health back a little bit. Um, as I, again, you let it slip as you get busy and the more into adulthood you get uh, as we're all still young in this conversation here. But the, the more of an adult you grow into, you realize in the busier your life gets, the more responsibilities you have professionally and personally, you know, it just slips. You don't have hours a day to like debate and go to the gym and like, dabble around with different things like you have today i have an hour i have 60 minutes where i can fit this in if i'm like busting ass and it's like that gets tough but you have to prioritize it you have to to space it out in a way and plan it out in a way where what's the most holistic way i can go about this how's how i can how can i do this to where i, I keep my passion i stay healthy i feel strong i feel resilient um and again i'm putting my best foot forward as far as my health is concerned and as far as the way I feel going about my life and, and how I can sort of who I can put forward within that professionally and personally. So yeah, that's kind of where I stand. I want to feel strong. I want to be strong. Um, I want to feel healthy. I want to be healthy and I want to sleep good. I don't want to stress too much. <laughs> simple. It's honestly simple things, but like simple stuff, Yeah, it, simple stuff. But the, the more we get caught up in it, the more you just let it slip. Right. And that's a dangerous slippery slope. So I think the biggest thing there is just, we all kind of covered it, but be as holistic as we can, be as well-rounded as we can, practice what we preach, walk the walk while also talking the talk, <laughs> feel good, yeah. Yeah. Um, the next question is, if you were not in your current profession, what would you do? This is from Katie Butler. Um, 
man, I, when she asked this, I, I had to think about it for a little bit because I am one of the, the weird people where this was kind of what I wanted in, in a realm of uh, what I wanted to do. Like if I was to say we weren't doing physique development, it would be along the lines of still doing something within fitness pertaining more to a sports background rather than it being more physique based. Um, so I'm not entirely sure. I, I think that it would need to be something that is still driven by by me. I, I can't imagine. It would be very difficult for me to be in a situation where I have a set pay and I'm, I'm set to do one, like just no matter what I do, this is what I'm getting out of it type situation. I couldn't work in that kind of environment, I don't think. Um, just my personality would not would not lend well to that <laughs> I circumstance. I can uh, confirm that. <laughs> um, man, I, I don't know. What do you guys, what do you guys think? What do you, what do you got, Sue? Uh, it's, it's something of like, when I read this question, my first thought was, was, is it, what job would I do if I could literally just switch to any other job and it wasn't anything to do with money and it would just be something for fun? Or is it, like, should I answer it in a way of if I had to start over right now, what job would I go towards? Or is it based off of like, what, like, it? because it's something where this job is so fulfilling for me. And it's something I'm extremely passionate about. And like Alex, I have a hard time if I have a ceiling on me, because I like to push and have goals for myself and reach them. And if I'm just told like, this is the payment that you get no matter how hard you work. I feel like I'm in a group project and I just, I have no motivation. Like I know myself well enough to know that I don't care when I'm given a cap. And that's good and bad. But with that, um, my degree was in broadcast journalism. So first I was like, maybe I lean towards broadcast journalism. Um, but if I were to start over right now, my job would be working with my sister. She owns a cheesecake business in Columbus, Ohio. And I absolutely love working with her on her business, whether it's us just talking about flavors, talking about anything that she can push for a holiday or helping her within promoting different stuff. I love, love, love talking to her about it. And I love how passionate she is. So if I were to switch to a job right now, it would be to helping her with her cheesecake business. That was very long winded, but that's where my head was bouncing around to when I read the question. That was a me answer. That was. <laughs> that was, that was, that was. That was a me answer. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'm actually going to switch places with Sue here and give a very <laughs> concrete, uh, brief-ish answer. You still know me. I'm going to talk a little bit. Um, but I, I really love uh, evolutionary biology in, in a big way and the story of the story of humans um, and how that all kind of starts and, and how it evolves and unfolds. And so evolutionary biology is a, a deep passion of mine. Um, things like archaeology and how that fits in and, and studying other cultures and maybe cultures we have lost in the past that we don't have any direct kind of hold on and on what if they existed or not, or, or who would, we're still digging things up of like, what is this site? Like there's, it's unexplainable, right? This is a time where this was sort of out of the question of the current technologies. How does it exist? Um, and so answering those questions, asking those questions, discovering those things, um, reading and writing about those things and, and just scratching my intellectual curiosity that way, uh, is something that I like to do in my spare time. Um, in general, whatever that it looks like, but 
I do find time for it. And that's definitely something I would do. So evolutionary biology in some way, uh, kind of mixed with the, the archeology span component of, of culture and, and resurrecting history and, and history is kind of what we've been told, right? It doesn't make it matter of fact. So what is history? <laughs> you know, that's a deeper question. What, what, what's the history we haven't been told, right? How did things unfold to get here? And there's a lot of, that we've been told that is rooted in structure of, of the way we've been told that information and the way that it was crafted by certain individuals or groups of people, right? So it's like, how much of history haven't we been told? And, and what's that story look like when you start to unravel that, that mystery? So to me, that's kind of where my mind goes and definitely what I do outside of, uh, outside of the fitness realm, for sure. Yeah, and I, I guess to actually answer the question, because I never did. Um, yeah, that's a cop out, Alex. <laughs> it was a cop out. Um, mine would probably be in some form of music. Um, mm. I would have to go back and be reborn to have better ability to like <laughs> sing or perform with instruments and things like that. But I do have such a passion for for music in general that I think that I would pursue that in some form or fashion. Whether I was the um, the artist, which I. I Again, I'd have to be reborn <laughs> and given new vocal cords. Um, but I would do something in music, I feel like. I think that you could be like a, not a, maybe a producer, but more so like a manager because yeah. you like, like really forming relationships aspect, yeah. with people and being able to be on the business side would yeah. still give you the freedom that you want. Would yeah. probably be. I could definitely see that too. Yeah. That seems, I wouldn't have to be reborn for that role. I could do that. <laughs> I could definitely In this do life, that. you yeah, could do life. that. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Yeah. So music producer, manager, cheesecake lady, <laughs> whatever I am. I don't know. History. <laughs> history. Yeah. History, history in a large of the way. world. History of the world and, and how we got here and why the earth is the way it is. Um, <laughs> so next question here to kind of recede back from a more of an existential place. And the next question definitely is a far off battle of, of the previous one. And what is your favorite type of training split? Uh, which is definitely a, a divergence <laughs> so from the last question. So different. Yeah. Um, mine, honestly, like my sweet spot is anything in the four to six rep range. So be that neuro um, strength-based training, be that lower rep hypertrophy training. I think that's where I, I personally thrive within the way that I'm built genetically and, and just through past um, training within sports and whatever else. But you give me pretty much ambitiously any load and tell me to do four to six reps with it. I'll figure it out. I'll get four <laughs> to six reps of something. Um, so that's kind of my, whatever that falls into, whether that's guys, it's kind of dependent on how it's structured, right? So whether that's a strength based neural phase or more of a lower rep hypertrophy driven phase, um, that's kind of where my sweet spot is as far as my preference favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I would say my favorite like split of body parts would I go back and forth because I really like doing upper lower because I love having a full upper session and just being able to go ham with it. And but I also like anterior posterior because then I don't have to have as much mental fortitude to get through the training session of like a full lower session. And especially the way Alex programs, I'm like, man, I'm mentally exhausted from work today. And now I'm supposed to go in and crush these numbers. So right now, how I'd answer is completely different than how I'd probably normally answer. But something that is more metabolic and quick and four days a week to get in and out, even though that's not my favorite type of training. So 
That's not the question. Well, what is then, your favorite type of training, Sue? Answer the question. Hypertrophy. <laughs> okay. That, okay. There, there's the answer. Lower rep <laughs> hypertrophy. Nothing above 10 reps. Nothing. Um, for myself, I would say that in terms of structure, I like push-pull legs um, being the my favorite structure just because I – the focus that each of those take are completely like for me to do a full upper is really challenging from like a neurological perspective. I, I can become very fatigued from that. Um, so I like to have those split more so. Um, so push pull legs and then um, like the four to six rep range. I like the uh, just the greater intensity from a hypertrophy perspective, you could say. Um, so I do like to have the the volume, something like a, a neuro with the tail end being more metabolically taxing uh, some of our more advanced program design um, would be some of my favorite because I do like once I get through three maybe four movements of just like busting ass burying really himself after. and torturing himself. yeah that um, <laughs> then I get to do a little bit of metabolic work have a little bit of pump work and, and head home is kind of my my favorite structure which we can't always use that type of stimulus but when we do it is fun yeah. My favorite structure is being stronger than Alex. That's what my favorite structure <laughs> is. Too. Yeah. That's mine too. I do it so often. Um, but it is something to be said as far as we all set our favorite and we're like, we know it's not realistic to always stay in our favorite, but it does make the time away from our favorite. Just make it that much sweeter when you get back to it because you're like, let's go. I love this. Um, but you can't always stay in the same phase forever. So we'll wrap it up because we know we got a lot of question or a lot of feedback as far as having some shorter episodes, some longer episodes, and we want to be able to cater to different people who are listening to it at different times. We've only got we've got three questions. Just finish it. All right then. <laughs> Never mind. They're super short. We'll just do rapid fire, like super rapid yeah. fire, not explaining. So if you're still with us, thank you. <laughs> if you could only do one exercise for the rest of your life, what would it be? Cybex hack squat. Heel elevated, trap bar, deadlift. Oh, that's a good one. Um, chest supported cable row. Okay. Or a hammer strength row. Oh, fa <laughs> favorite time to train. Is there an optimal time to train? Not necessarily to the optimal time. My favorite time to train is 2 o'clock. I like 11 a.m. I like between 11 and 2. Any later than that, I'm done. Yeah, early afternoon to... Before late afternoon, if it hits five, I'm too I'm not doing it. No way. Yeah. <laughs> what was the other one? A deathbed meal. Well, there was another one that was longer. That's why I said. <laughs> deathbed meal would be my grandmother's fried chicken. Um, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> A Jeff Ruby's full course meal. I would take that. Mm, well, there was this. <laughs> Go ahead. What are you going to say? No, I was just saying he said fried chicken, that's it. And I said mine. He goes, I'll take that. <laughs> I would. Uh, but you got two. Um, I could. You're, you're drowning in your sorrows here. I mean, you're, you're putting, being put to death, so you may as well eat everything you can. Um, there was this meal we had, my wife and I had in Ireland. It was this um, like filet cut. And it was just like, I, it was so good. So probably that. I'd recreate that. And then I'd finish it off with, an endless stack of pancakes mm. until I passed out <laughs> and died. And died. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And we're going to end this episode with death. So 
Um, <laughs> there's that. Uh, that is that cliffhanger. But I guess we're we're gonna wrap it up. Wrap it up, Sue. Finish this yeah, off. Wrap it well, up. Thanks for joining us. Um, you get a little bit of our personalities at the end here of us just joshing with each other and ragging on each other, which is very normal. Um, but hopefully you learned a lot as far as the fitness aspect. Um, and the next episode we're going to be doing is a deep dive on nursing and how to stay on track with your fitness goals, night shift, all of that. Um, so we're very excited to deep dive into that. And we have a great, a few great episodes on the horizon. So keep listening, keep supporting. We really, really appreciate it. And we'll catch you next time. Have a great day. <laughs> hey guys, Austin here. Thank you again for listening into the episode. It means a lot. If you can, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave the podcast a five-star review. This does help us grow and be found by others. Also, just wanted to mention, if you guys are interested in free education based around training and nutrition, be sure to check out physiquedevelopment.com backslash free education, where you'll find free downloads, videos, articles, etc. No strings attached. Again, thank you. Chat soon.